0: We praise God. Awesome. That's excellent. So we praise the Lord for that. Um, so are we on, Are we live? Okay. So if you're joining us online, we're glad that you're here, especially if you're Leela or you are, uh, I just said her name, Bobby Blaine. You know, back, this is going to date me. How many of you know about the lady who would look through the little glass and say, I see Brian? And Okay. So... A romper room. That's right. I see. I see Bobby. I see. All right. So, man, I used to sit there just waiting on my name to be called, man. I couldn't. That was a good little trick that lady played on us all. So <laughs> um, anyway, for you, those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, you'll just have to pray about it. All right. So. <clears throat> so I'm kind of in a transition. Uh, last week, uh, I was up at Midtown. We did the, the conference. Well, we had we tried to you know, projected here, we had some problems, and thank you, AV team, getting that solved. The experts in the AV booth—they um, got that fixed, and we're back on tonight. <clears throat> but uh, and we were on Sunday, so uh, if you missed the focus conference, I think it went really well. We were able to highlight uh, the the Bible publishing aspect of not only HBF but the fellowship was pretty much um, was my task along with Arion Vogley and I think. Uh, by god 's grace, we had a successful run on that, so I appreciate your prayers for that and then uh, the messages each night were outstanding, whether it was at Living Faith Lee Summit or at midtown Baptist temple. So if you missed all that, you might want to you know go check those out online Those were very good and uh so <clears throat> tonight, before I jump into revelation next week uh hi he's actually smiled at me so. oh <laughs> or is it she i said he so I said she, he, so I'm confused. But anyway, uh, I actually knew in my head. But anyway, I looked up and, and she smiled. So that was sweet. Um, anyway, so I, where was I at? I, I thought this week what I would do is just kind of focus on this since we're in a kind of a transition week and I also uh, need a little bit of time to, to transition because I've been focused on some other things. I want to just take advantage of the third of January to, to do some Bible study uh, on, um, You know, just reflecting both back and also looking forward. I will have a vision update coming, um, this Sunday, uh, and I already know where I want to go with all of that, uh, and so I'm looking forward to that. But this is just more of a devotional, practical application, along with some information that, unless you're listening on Wednesday night or you're here tonight, you probably, you may not hear all of this, or I may repeat it. I don't know. I was thinking about that when I was putting all this together. Um, but I want to preach on Sunday. I got things to say that are more, big vision and strategic. Today, I just want to just focus on the reality of, of um, you know, our need to complete God's mission as individuals and obviously as a church, but really as individuals um, kind of do some evaluation. A lot of people reflect when they come around the end of the year, first of the year. Of course, there's all the resolutions and all of that. I'm not really into all of that too much, um, but I am about reflecting and evaluation adjusting and uh, moving forward in faith so um so let me transition how many of you like to watch uh or have seen the movie uh or the movies mission impossible i mean okay you sinners that no i'm just kidding uh those are actually those are not really other than violence they're usually fairly modest movies um and so mission impossible dot 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 is uh is uh, that guy, Tom Cruise, Scientology guy, he's he's always in those movies. And, you know, part of the deal with those is that uh, the, the mission is just impossible. I mean, you're just like, really? You know, another nuclear war averted by Tom Cruise? Are you serious? And so uh, anyway, uh, but, you know, when you think about things like that, that is, for me anyway, it's captivating. Uh, I like watching those. And I like, you know, I like the drama and, the, and all of that stuff in them um, and the tension. Uh and, and one of the things the greatest things about the Great Commission uh that we all have if you're saved, is is that it is impossible. But yet it's not mathematically impossible. Um and so uh it is actually possible through the power of the Spirit, through the Holy Ghost. But it's it's like one of those Mission Impossible movies. It looks impossible. And yet, you know, every time um the mission gets accomplished. And, and that's kind of what it's like to be a Christian. Um, you know, just coming off of the Focus Conference and thinking about the need to get the word to the world, uh, that's that's a big lift, you know, especially when you're sitting out in a cow field in a small church like we are. And and we really want to take that mission seriously. Uh, many years ago when we planned the church, we, we you know, I asked the planning team, uh, which was small, at my house in Independence. I didn't even live here yet. Like how many of you believe that we can reach the world from Cass County? And every one of them said, "Oh, I do, I do, yeah, I do." You know, and, um, and 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 some of those went on to be missionaries. So, I mean, very literally uh, attempting to accomplish the mission of God in that with that kind of power. Uh, and so, praise the Lord for that. Um, I'm just glad as God has called us to minister in these last days, because when you think about church history. Uh, it's going to be pretty cool when we get to heaven, I think, and look back. And it'll also be probably pretty sad to consider the time in which we live and how little vision we actually have uh, or confidence in God's power to accomplish his mission. When we probably have more tools available than any other generation ever. Um, and, of course, we don't trust in those. You know, We don't trust in horses or chariots. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. So perhaps the reason we're not being as effective as we should be is because we're not trusting in the name of the Lord our God. And we're trusting in our tools and our riches, which would be consistent with uh, Revelation 3. Um, but tonight, I, I want to just take the occasion of this New Year's break that we had, of this adjustment into January 3rd. Now, uh, look back, look forward, and um, and uh, and then you know, kind of prep us for the Sunday morning message. So, all of you guys know, uh, well, I shouldn't, shouldn't assume that, but most of us know Romans 8:28. Uh, and uh, I'll just read that. Romans eight twenty eight says, All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according... Um, I think I just butchered it. You know, one thing is you can't find Romans eight twenty eight and Romans 7. Okay, there it is. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And so um, that is absolutely the truth. And all things work together for good... To them who are the called according to his purpose. It's not just that everything works together for good, it's those to those that are called according to his purpose. So, uh, God has blessed us in 2020, um, 2023, which is already behind us, and uh, we are moving forward into 2024. And just some things as we look back on, on those things, I was, I was thinking about is uh, some things that you guys may not even know about. I was thinking about. Uh, how many of you know that we're planning on having a walking trail around the building? Around the, okay, so a couple of you. So it's not here yet, but you can pray about that. Uh, I hope in 2024 that thing appears. Um, there's been some obstacles to that, and, and, and they're just little things we had planned and they didn't. We were supposed to already be working on it, but we've had some manpower issues. So so be praying about that, that that all comes together. Uh, but it's not an issue of finance. We've got the finances and we've got the materials. So they're looking at making a trail. We got uh we'll have a master drawing soon. It will include by God's grace, if it all goes well, it'll include a mini or a, a frisbee golf course as well. Uh so it'll be frisbee golf and a walking trail around the property. That'd be cool. And so um so we'll be praying about that. Um and it's the little things, you know, God's added um uh we got carpet. We got new carpet, man. Praise the Lord for that. That was a blessing. How many were tired of the old carpet? <laughs> I mean that was you know, that was 17 years old. I was looking back. I was like 16, 17 years old. I was like, wow, that's older old as my daughter. And so, um, anyway, I was, it was due, let me tell you. And so, uh, so I don't know that this stuff will make it as long, but man, I tell you what, we needed an upgrade there. Uh, he added the little tables and the benches out back. You know, we got those added to the playground area. That was nice. Um, we raised almost this, just this, few months ago last month almost a thousand dollars for the playground lighting. Um and uh, that was good and we're um and you'll be hearing a financial update from Lance at the toward the end of January so I'm not gonna get into all the details but we we bound just over a hundred thousand scriptures including the eighty thousand John and Romans I think we did for uh for Oaxaca. So uh that was a lot of John and Romans. So we bound a lot of scriptures this year. Um and uh and that was amazing. Um had a great Bible conference, a great vision conference as we looked on the field. Um we had a good marriage retreat. Uh we church in the park was a good time. Uh Christ Soccer Academy kicked off. Man, that was uh you know, for those of you that are around years ago when we did soccer, we kinda knew we were hoping that we could recreate that lightning would strike twice and man did it. It was really a good season out there this last year, and I pray that we have another good one this year. Um, and keep that momentum going VBS was good uh, as a matter of fact VBS we had uh, as far as people that attended I think we had um, 101 children 66 elementary kids and then we had uh, 35 youth so that's pretty good it could be better but it was it's pretty good And so we praise God for that. That's one of the larger ones we've had for VBS. Um, And so that was good. Uh, Who was the chili cook-off champion? I forgot already. Who was it? Kim Morrow. All right, Kim Morrow. She was the chili cook-off champion. That will be coming up again here soon. Oh, it was the guy, the mystery, the mystery man. He comes in with the greatest chili ever, and then moves off, and we never see him again. We were just talking about that the other day. Whoever you are out there, if you're watching, you know, hit us up. We don't. Were you an angel, unawares? I don't know. But he rolls in. Everybody loves his chili, and then he's gone. Actually, they were moving to Raytown, and that was the last thing I heard. I never saw the guy again. But um, yeah, he was quite the chili guy. He and he was like, he met me at the door. He says, "Oh, you're having a chili cook-off." i got to make my chili. I make great chili. I'm like, okay, great. I didn't know the guy was like going to walk off with the golden spoon or whatever. So anyway, that was good. Um, mission strips. How many of you took a mission strip last year? Oh, you got to do better than that, guys. Okay, this year uh, we got Mammoth. Last year we had Mammoth, Oaxaca, Boston, and, uh, and the DR. Yes, thank you. Dominican Republic. And uh, we did, I think, Pam, you and I both did Boston or Dominican and Monmouth. Did you go to Mammoth? Yeah. So Pam and I took two trips. So you guys got to you got up your game this year. I mean, come on. You can go to Mammoth and uh, or Boston or Oaxaca or and you're praying about going to Mammoth or Boston. That's right, Boston. Man, you'll do good in Boston. It is a it is a great I can just see you working those college campuses, brother. It'll be good. <laughs> so, Monmouth will be good. Well, anyway, be praying about the trip. There's a, we're praying about, and I'll get into this. I will get into this on Sunday, but this year coming up, I'm, I'm hoping we can get, in May, we can get out to Romania. Uh, there's opportunities in other places. i got a meeting tomorrow uh, about a trip that I can't really talk about in open public, but we got some other opportunities in other places in the world uh, also coming up. So I really do need folks to step up in the body just overall and take some of these, especially these domestic trips, so that I don't have – I don't mean this wrong, but so that I'm not the one taking, leading the domestic trips um, and uh, and so that, that I can do some other things that need to be done in other places. So uh, at any rate, I'm praying about that, so you can pray with me on that. Uh, we've had numerous salvations and baptisms and so on and so forth. Our membership is – about 241. Uh, that's adults with kiddos. It's 282 saved, baptized children. Uh, not, not the sprinkled kind, but the uh, fully born again, professing, baptized in water uh, kind. Um, and so um, that's good. I think it's we, we've, we've grown a little bit. We've, we lose as many as we gain every year, just about, it seems like. So we're kind of matriculating forward as hank strand would say but not very fast in that regard so um uh but anyway there's a lot a of, lot of things that god has done and uh, i'll be talking about some more of that on um next week we had 37 new members this year though that's that's a lot of new members i need to put the how many how many we've lost but uh 37 new and uh that's good i think we got one working are you new this year gary and and uh 22 so you're almost new but you're old hat now so so i think in the room that's probably the newest members we got so well you yeah you came in this year but it's like you've been here your whole life so that doesn't count but uh, i do appreciate you uh identifying with the lord jesus and us so uh we had 10 discipleship two graduates and you'll hear this again on sunday probably um 101 vbs i told you guys about that um uh at Halloween, man! What an outreach that was. Fifteen hundred John and Romans right here in Harrisonville. Uh, that's crazy. I mean, that is a lot when you think about. That is literally like over ten percent of the population of Harrisonville. John and Romans went out. That's that's impressive in one outing. Especially when it's just some dude in his front yard making hot dogs and handing out candy. That's good. So it's not just one dude; it's a class. But it's that's actually not like a Heartland. We don't really man up for that so much other than the class. That's just the class activity, really. And uh, it's really so, so much low-hanging fruit that it's just, like, amazing. So God's using that. Fifteen baptisms, so one a month plus. That's good. Um, and uh, hundred the actual binds this year was 102,612 binds were done by Word First. That's a lot. Um, so, right now we have 24 uh, active adults being discipled. That's a lot for our population. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. And you're one of them. And you're one of them? You're two of them. Yeah. So, we got, we got a few right here. So, that's good. It, that's, if you think, of, interestingly enough, if you look at that, so I look, as you can tell, I crunch numbers in my head all the time. So, 224 would be 204. That's exactly how many members. we got 10% of the body of Heartland is in discipleship right now, which is good. So that means 20% typically when you count the people discipling are actively involved in discipleship. So that means there's a lot more of us that need to be out winning people to Christ and making disciples. So there's uh, work to be done there. But uh, that's good. Um, I'm going to just stop, I think, with that. Lesson four, awesome You're about to transition, step it up to lesson The next series, the next four lessons So that's good Awesome, oh one good thing We have about every Wednesday night We averaged 22 to 24 uh, In attendance At at Fun in the Sun or TNT On average throughout the year Which is good And I I almost missed this We had seven salvations in life issues I don't have the other, I don't have salvations overall I don't really track that I know that's horrible. You're supposed to track all the salvations. I more track baptisms because then I know those people got saved pretty much. There's been so we've had 15 baptisms, and I don't know how many salvations. I haven't counted them. So at least seven in in life issues. So praise the Lord for that. Uh, Two journey home graduates and seven graduates of How to Disciple. So anyway, that's just some numbers. To some people, that's interesting. To other people, they're like, "Man, are you trying to put me to sleep? You turn up the heat and you start telling me statistics. There's nothing more boring than that." So, (laughs) all right. So all of that, what that really doesn't do though, is give you an accurate. uh, It doesn't capture accurately what's been going on in everybody's lives, like day in and day out. And when you think about the world we live in right now, it's almost like a struggle. I probably don't know. Well, you know, I don't think I know anybody. Now, as I hadn't actually planned to say this, but when I think about life and I think about all my relationships, I don't think I know anybody right now that is not that's just living on easy street. Um, I do know some people that are wealthy, and I know some people that are indigent, and I know lots of people in between, and it doesn't really matter what your social strata is. It seems like there's a lot of tension and struggle, you know. There's still, and among a lot of those people, there's a lot of joy and peace, okay? So that's a lot of, that's wonderful. But there is a, like 30 years ago, I think there was a little bit, it was fast paced and moving, but there was just a little bit more uh, hope, just hope in general. You got, you old people agree with me? (laughs) So, yes, sir. Mm, That's good. Can you say that again? Mm -hmm. Because, Ron, I'm going to walk the mic back, so that was worth hearing twice. Okay, so it reminds me of the chapter in in Clarence Larkin's book, The Dispensational Truth. Um, There's a chapter in there called Uncertain Times. It's Mm. talking about the end days. That's good. I've read that, but I don't think I've read that. (laughs) I may have forgotten it. (laughs) So uncertain times so it's certainly uncertain and so uh yeah so um you know with all the activity and the commotion though there's a lot of precious moments uh that occur in our church and occur in our church families and our own individual families uh, how many of you had a good time in the word this year yeah isn't that good isn't that something like you can have the, the everything going on out here and a lot of I call it static If you heard my message down at the mission uh, down at uh, mission focus, I mentioned that I think on Saturday, Sunday Saturday morning But there's a lot of noise, but man when you get in the word, it's almost like peace You know, you could just have some quiet spiritual quiet have some good conversations in the word of god And that you know what that does it leads to deeper unity with god and with one another uh, even though there's struggles you know, people wrestling with sin and carnality, uh, all of us have our skin on. that's never fun. Um, sometimes there's immaturity, man, I tell you, there's nothing that wears you out like immaturity for you moms that raise babies, you know you love your babies, but man's work. and so immaturity can be difficult, uh, strife and contention that arises in your home, you know or in the ministry. Um, man, I'm glad for those those Lord's Supper checkups. It's frustrating when people don't actually observe those with pure heart. That's always frustrating. Um, there's emotional ups. There's emotional downs. There's deaths. There's births. There's great victory. There's great defeat. And uh, there's those things that draw us uh, to Romans 8.28 uh, and help us remember that we're more than conquerors and we're victors. So tonight I just want to take and reflect. So if you have your Bibles, since I didn't have a PowerPoint ready, go to James chapter 1. We're going to go old school and actually look at our Bible. So I'm going to give you, now here's the rule. When I'm I'm turning, just like you're turning, so it's like a sword drill, and I will get there, and sometimes I'm late to the party. I'm like slow, and sometimes I'm fast. So I'm already, I've been in James now for a while waiting, stalling for you. But you James chapter 1, and we're going to be down in verse 22, James 1, 22. Let's look at this passage. I want to pray again, because I need help, if you haven't noticed. Uh, James 1 and verse 22, the Bible says, But be you doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Verse 25, James one twenty five. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Heavenly Father, I pray tonight as we look at the rest of the the passages that I'm going to look at tonight, that you would bless your word in our deeds. Uh, Lord, we don't work to be saved. We are saved by grace through faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. But we are saved unto good works. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that the Things that we reflect on, namely the words of God, uh, the image of Christ that, that both dwells in us and dwells in the book, in the mirror. Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that they would align and that there would be much power, Lord, where you could turn the whole world upside down, even with just the number of people in this room, because you have that kind of power. So, Father, I pray, God, you'd quicken your word as we look at it tonight, and you'd be glorified. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so so I believe that what James is saying is simple uh do our actions look like you know the word with a capital W uh and, and so does our life reflect the liberty of Christ when we look back over you know the past year uh, but meaning back in 2023 it's been I don't know, so 3 days ago already it was that's last year um and so do we look back over over those 12 months and we ask ourselves you know have our actions have our deeds look like um what we've been freed from which is sin the, liber- the liberty that we have in christ have we used our liberty in christ to reflect the light or have we covered christ's light with the filth of our flesh have we been walking in the liberty wherewith we've been made free Uh, isn't that great to have a decision right so we live that's what i've already said is like total counterculture like you can't live in a more victimized world than the one that we're in today where everybody has excuses and reasons why they can't be successful but that's just not who we are in christ we don't even have that luxury like if we're not doing what God tells us to do, it's our fault because he's, because we believe that the Bible teaches that Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. And he is the resurrection and he is the life. So we really don't have any excuses. And so we've been freed. Uh, it's a matter of how we use our freedom and how we've used our liberty in Christ. So have you ever looked into that mirror, right, and and not liked what you saw? Like every day I get older, you know. I just kind of look past it. I've trained myself. I don't even see myself. I just see my hairdo, and uh, just keep going. But um, at any rate, you know, you see, you know, you look in the mirror, and you may not always like what you see. And um, if if you're a woman, you know, what do you do? Well, you immediately go to work. You get all those tools out, and uh and you change the image. It's amazing. It's a transfer. Have you ever seen those? They got these little reels out now. These, this lady with no teeth and everything, and she makes herself up into this beautiful uh, thing. And you're like, what in the world? She did that. Have you, have anybody seen that? Yeah, you guys have seen it. So it is fascinating. And she does it on purpose. I don't know if she was a meth addict or what was wrong, but she lost all of her teeth. And uh, she looks like a haggard kind of old lady, even though she's fairly young. And uh but by the time she puts her teeth in, makes herself up and puts all the stuff on, does her hair do, you're like, you know, va va voom, you know, what in the world? Who is that? And uh her point is that, you know, really beauty's only skin deep. I think it's actually probably one of the most effective things I've seen. Also, that you can't always trust what you're seeing, right? A lot of it is just image and there's no substance. Um and I think I read a I think I read on her and she's like married and everything. I mean she's a good I think she's a good woman um and uh and so god's probably changed your life but uh i thought man that that is amazing and sometimes when we look at the word of god that's we're kind of like that we need to be trained we need a makeover a big time makeover and the word of god can do that uh even if you don't like what you see in the mirror you know what you can change it you can go to work and you can see some things better and you can see some transformation and we're told that i don't have this in my notes but you, you know what you know what it says in romans chapter 12 right that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, right? That we may prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. So we can be transformed if we allow God to do that. So if Jesus returned today, um, you know, we'd we'd be ready. As a body of Christ, as a church, as the bride of Christ, you know, we really do want to look good for our Savior when he comes. Like we just celebrated the Lord's Supper last week. You know, part, part of why we do that, in large part, uh, I mentioned this more now than I ever did years ago, is that we are preparing for the marriage supper of the Lamb. So part of this is like we are expecting our groom to come. We want to keep ourselves clean. We want to keep ourselves pure. We want to keep ourselves ready for the groom. And we know someday we'll be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we, it's it's, it's pretty cool that God has left the Passover feast for us to observe in retrospect because of our cleansing of sin so we can be ready for our victory when we, when we meet him in the air. I mean, of all peoples of all times, what an awesome thing. Who would have ever thought the Passover would uh, result into that? And so if Jesus returned today, or you drive out here on 49 have a car wreck or something, um, you know, are we ready? That's one of the things you can look at when you evaluate uh, the year in retrospect. If Jesus returns, are we ready? If we die today, you need to stand before Christ. Is your soul going to be ushered into hell or heaven? Is there any doubt in your mind where you're going to spend eternity? If so, you need to settle that. I had a young lady visit with me Sunday, and she's like, "Hey, uh, I need to get baptized." It was a beautiful testimony. She's like, uh, "I, you know, she's like, I've been, I was raised Roman Catholic and uh, come to church here, you know, and I'm not, I wasn't saved." I'm like, "You weren't saved? So how'd you get saved?" "Oh, I, I looked it up online." i <laughs> like, "Okay." So I dig into this thing. She's like, yeah, I, I just knew I needed to make a decision as an adult. And she read the Romans Road and she said, so I prayed and she goes, I think I got saved, but I wasn't sure. So she goes, so I, I prayed that a week later. I think she said something like that. She goes, but well, that time it took because I really started crying. <laughs> it's like, okay. So I ran her through the Romans Road again and looked at everything, but I think she was saved. I mean, honestly, it is amazing. And uh, God got, and she'd just been coming to church here. Just hearing every week, hearing what the Word of God had to say, and God brought her to a point of salvation. And to her credit, she, she actually started looking into it, and I thought it was beautiful. And so um, it's just cool to see God, God doing that. As you look into the Word of God, it, it, it just makes you free, and it sets you free. And you got to know that you're going to heaven, and you got to follow him. So tonight I want to talk about getting the most out of your 2023 reflection. If you look back, and there's things that need to be changed, and let's change it, right? That's what we need to do. Um, and so uh, the new year is a great time to assess your time management Because that's another thing people really look forward to talking about is time management I know there's nothing more exciting than talking about time management not um, i'm a geek though back when I worked in the business world. I enjoyed Those meetings on like time management. You remember those, uh No, you don't most of you, but there was a guy named franklin covey some mormon He put out this system of calendars and stuff and man, that was the rage, you know, and uh and so if you have your Bibles, turn back to Ecclesiastes. We're going to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes um, in, the, in the Old Testament. If you're in Isaiah, go backward. If you're in Psalms, go forward. If you're in Proverbs, go forward. And then you'll hit Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Time management is important. And I will, I'm going to, I've set forth, forth that, forth that uh, statement, so I want to prove it to you. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Let's see what the Word of God says about that in verse 8. This will encourage you as well on a new year, um, especially um, these words. All things are full of labor. <laughs> like, Thanks, Brian. Uh, All things are full of labor. Man cannot utter it. Ecclesiastes 1 8. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. The thing that hath been it, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, "See, this is new"? It hath already, it hath been already of old time, which was before us. There is no remembrance of former things; neither shall there be any remembrance of things that are to come with those that shall come after. Wow, that's kind of depressing, isn't it? Um, it goes on to say. Now that's as far as I want to go. I was wanting to read verse twelve, but I'm going to leave that. Okay. So um, much of the of the of our precious year was spent, according to this passage. Um, it can be spent some, with well, some people, not all, but some people it was spent in vanity. You know, uh, just it just emptiness. Um, and so, the, so the, the New Year's reminds us that time is one of the most precious commodities. So I sat with my father in the Lord a couple weeks ago up at the hospital, and he was preparing to go home to be with Jesus. And he's like, Man, Brian, it's like Schindler's List in replay. I could have done more. I could have done more. Time's up. I got to go home. I could have done more. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, you've done quite a bit. <laughs> you know, you did quite a bit. You know, I'm encouraged. I said, hey, man, you get to heaven, there's going to be a bunch of Indians there. It's all because of you. I'm just telling you, you've done quite a bit. But you know what? He's, he was telling me, he's like, Brian, I could have done more. Uh, and that's the kind of thing that when your time's running out, that's the kind of things you start to think about. Twice in the New Testament, Paul refers to redeeming the time, Right? Uh, Ephesians, I'm not going to look there. It is as simple as redeem the time for the days are evil, right? Ephesians chapter five, verses 14, Colossians four and verse five, redeem the time, redeem the time. And so, uh, when you think about redeeming, uh, I used to think about redeeming the time, you know, in the context of you can always make up what you've lost. Um, and there's some truth to that. And I, I still use that in that context, especially when I'm discipling somebody, they may have a lot of regret, you know, and they, and they have lost time. And God is able to make up for lost time. There is no doubt about it. You know, uh, God is just like that. He He can He can multiply mightily, and you're like, whoa, you know, praise the Lord. It's all the Him. Praise God for that. However, many years ago, God really gave me a different perspective on redeeming the time, and uh, and I think it was because I like ice cream, and so. Um, I think I had a, I think, I don't remember how this set in on me, but God used, you know, my my lust, I should probably call it, for ice cream. Uh, not my love, my lust for ice cream. Uh, and I had a, one of those DQ things back when I actually ate DQ ice cream. Now I try to avoid that stuff. But uh, uh, Dairy Queen ice cream. And so if you ever have those, like, they, they expire and they go bad. There's nothing more frustrating than when you have something free and you miss the opportunity. You know, it's like, dang. It's old. They won't take it now, you know. And so I missed my opportunity to redeem a piece of paper, you know. And if I took this piece of paper to DQ, I got free ice cream, you know. I'm like, this is nothing better than that. But the, the thing is, is you got to take it there, you know. It's just like it's the opposite of getting saved. When you get saved, you, you receive a free gift, you know, and you're and you're saved. But then once you get saved, you, you get this paper. It's called your Bible. And it is is loaded with promises, but you got a couple that those prom- having having a coupon in my hand or in my car, you know, to Culver's now, is of no value if I let it expire. The promise is good. It's, there's no lack of promise on my on my Culver's gift certificate card thing until the expiration date. And if I don't get that thing redeemed in time, I don't get the value. Of that little piece of paper It doesn't have benjamin franklin or andy jackson or even Uh, it, it didn't have anybody's face on it But yet is valuable it is as if I have fifteen dollars or ten dollars or whatever It is a free value meal. I mean whatever, you know And I can go to the window or go to the thing and give it there and they'll give me something that I find valuable If I do it on time If I don't or if I never take it in It's of no value Remember the parable, right? If you don't invest it, you're a bad steward. you got to invest it. So we have all these promises in the Word of God. How did we invest them last year? Redeem the time. Dig into the Word. Find the promises. Act by faith. Do what God tells you to do. Redeem the time. That's witnessing. That's praying. That's preaching. That's taking mission trips. That's loving God and loving people. we got to do that. So the past year um, has reminded me of precious the precious nature of time and equally important because the great commandment right is to love god and to love people and so did i spend enough time with the lord was what robbed me of that did my did the social media rob me of my time with god i would say in my life that's true there's been times when i've been too concerned about vanity which is social media by the way than i have about the word of god which i really you got to catch me on the right time because I really don't care about social media. So I I hit it in the morning and put something up, and then I don't usually look at it until the next day. But uh, sometimes I'll look at it at night. But you can get caught up in that stuff and waste time. You ever found yourself flipping? You know, and they're getting smarter all the time with that stuff. So, you know, Amy's like, what are you watching over there? I'm like, wrestling. What? Wrestling. I don't know. Some college wrestling. This is awesome. You know, they know know what I want to watch. Wrestling or MMA, or and uh, and then there's stuff I don't want to watch. By the way, they try to feed me. You know, I hate you ever see those. Uh, I think I was telling this group. I don't know who it was. I was preaching or teaching somewhere, and I was telling them, I hate like I hate like brawling, like just for brawling. It's like it seems like an oxymoron, but like I I don't I don't mind watching UFC because those are skilled people and they know the rules and there's real rules, so they know the risk because they're getting in there and everyone's trained and these are hot, these are athletes and they're athletic in what they're doing. Yeah, they can get knocked out and stuff, but they're going to stop it before someone gets killed, most likely. And so um, I just hate watching people get beat up. So just because you like to watch UFC doesn't mean you want to watch some stupid kid in a the, in the foyer in a brawl. I hate that stuff. I don't want to see something. I saw something the other day. Some flips through there, and some some kid knocks out his teacher, and it's like, oh, I can't take that out of my brain. And so, so there's also that. It just robs you, doesn't it, of joy, robs you of peace. Um, now I'm not saying put my head in the sand. I can't build reality, but I'm like that's not stuff I want to be seeing, right? I don't I don't care. Just that that disturbs my soul. It's disturbing, and so uh, you got to watch that stuff. It'll rob you. Um, did you get time robbed from the Lord? Did you spend enough time with your your family? You know, uh, man, no. I wish I had more time with my mom, personally. Um, I try, but I try, and I'm working on it. Um did did you have enough time with your kids? My kids are getting older, but I still need to put time into them. I was just reflecting on that yesterday with Amy, uh just how much time uh ministry has robbed from my kids over the last 20 years. Uh or 19 almost 20 years. And I'm not bitter about it and I think my kids are cool. My I always tell my kids you have as, as much da- you wouldn't have that much dad time. If I was working at Fagan, I promise you, because I'd have been gone before you got up, and I probably wouldn't have been home when when you got home. So I'm thankful for the ministry. So I'm not whining about it. But as a parent, right, you got to be intentional about these things, or or the foxes will spoil the vine. There'll be something that's urgent that will outweigh what's important. To quote Franklin Covey, and uh, and that's still that's a good biblical principle. You can let the urgent outweigh the important, and the only people that can guard that's you. Um, What about your wife? you know, or your husband, um, your family, your church family, you know, there's this, that even goes on. You see people that, man, uh, they, they love everything but God's church family, right? So they're only here in name only. It's just like punch the clock once, maybe a couple times a month They show up in and out, and they're not really engaged in investing in the relationships that are here in the body of Christ. So, yeah, they, that might hurt them when they get to the judgment seat of Christ. So when we honestly look at our time and we realize what we really don't have enough hours in the day to do, and year by year passes by, man, it helps you really focus on, man, I need to make sure in 2024, I take some time, some good valuable time, and invest in things that are important. So, and I don't raise your hand, but think about it right now. How many of you right here, or if you're watching online, I don't care if you're 80 years old or you're 8 years old, well, Eight years old doesn't count. Eighteen years old, um, have, you invest, have you really stopped to think, okay, how am I going to invest my life this year? What did I not do well last year that I can improve on? What did I do good that I want to continue to work on? What can I transfer? And I'll get to that in a minute. I've got to keep moving. What can I transfer to other people? Because it's about loving God and loving people. And so, um, man, the days click by so fast. Uh, the, 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 realization that time is precious causes us to reevaluate our priorities. So time is a reminder that our relationships must be translated into eternity. So, um, you know, I could spend quality time with my kids and I should, but if my priority isn't the Lord and my goal is not eternity, you know what, then 50 years of quality time isn't going to matter, you know, going to the chiefs game and watching the Royals and Going hunting and fishing and is that all good? Yeah, man do it. You should do all that Um, Hanging out, you know, whatever you do But if it isn't taking them somewhere toward christ is it is it translating into your children's salvation? Is it translating into something that's transferable to your children's children and your children's children's children? Uh, My first priority Is eternity because i'm jealous of my relationship with the people that I love I want to see my family in heaven I want to not just see my. I don't want to just see Ellen, and Sam in heaven. I want to see their children, if the Lord tarries, in heaven. I want to see your children in heaven, for goodness sake. I want to see that little, little girl in heaven. I mean, that's what we're doing here. That's what we're all about. I'm preaching to you, but I'm preaching to me, too. So, and it's okay to be jealous about wanting to see your loved ones in eternity. You can't get them there, but you can pray and you can reflect Christ, right? And that's what I'm talking about tonight, is reflecting. So, you know, when you think about your family, and that we could go on tonight about family, and we should. What about those that we work with, right? Um, man, uh, when I was in the work world, which I'm not anymore, but there is a benefit to being a pastor who's like I've literally come up through the ranks in almost every way, like in ministry, private on up, and in the world, private on up, uh, and so. You know what it's like at work i do too you spend a lot of time with lost people and i had some good times with lost people i was just i was with somebody just this week talking about i was in martin city i was with elizabeth and i was and we got we had a someone gave us a gift certificate to jack stack thank you jesus and uh so we went down there and i was telling elizabeth about i used to work with the fella and he loved the poor russ sandwich man and i started reflecting on old jim warner and jim warner's long gone he passed away a few years ago and i don't know if he was saved but man i had some fun times with jimmy warner you know just at work and, and things like that and and man i i want guys like i i think all of us don't you know a sinner that you you would hate to miss in eternity I mean, what a shame it is to think about the time we hang out with sinners and we enjoy it I and mean, we're from jesus was fr- don't don't be guilty i don't i didn't now there were sinners i didn't enjoy <laughs> <laughs> there's even some saints, right? You, you're like, hey, that's okay. uh <laughs> You love them, but you know you don't want to smell like them. If you know what I'm saying, it's just, they need to take a spiritual bath every so often, and then get washed in the water of the Word before you hang out with them. And so, uh and I'm not talking about physical odor. I'm talking about spiritual walking in the flesh. But there's there's lost people that you enjoy. They're they're in, with, I mean they're good people. You know, man, what a shame it is if we aren't like. Intentionally praying about that. We have an IGo ministry, intentional gospel outreach. This is—I can't get, say too much, but I just—I got, got to tell you this, this is so cool. I, I doubt if anybody's actually listening anyway, so I could probably tell you more. But anyway, I'll tell you as, no, as much as I think feels safe telling you. But there's a, Amy and I, and this is convicting. So a few years, a few years ago, when we kicked off IGo, uh, and Amy, if you're watching, which I think you are, we need to—we need to up our our A game again on IGo. So Amy and I got together. So we do IGO, like the pastor team is an IGO group. Once a month, we have an IGO IGO meeting. How many of you know what an IGO meeting is? So three or four of you. We need to talk more about IGO. So intentional gospel outreach. It's something you can do. There's an IGO group. If you want to see a pattern, see Pam, Pat Lee, and those in the IGO. There's an IGO team, actually, that meets and does intentional gospel outreach, outings, having friends, get together, and just reaching out, generally outreach that's intentional. <clears throat> but we also have IGo I groups where we've encouraged, like in ministry. Like Mitch, uh, he was doing an IGo group. Uh, uh, so was uh, so was uh, uh, Steve on uh, with the life issues team, pastor team. So once a month we just meet and we go around the table and we don't talk about like who came forward at the altar and got saved. We talk about I talk about hey my neighbor next door, we're praying for her and uh, we just want to see her get saved. So we're praying that God opens doors and builds relationships. You'd be shocked. Guess what God's done? He's opened doors and He's building relationships, right? So we pray intentionally about our and we look for it makes us and then we're accountable. Like every month, we go back around the table. How's it going? So, so now I know. Oh, Jeff has a neighbor. And I know Randy Hill. You know, he's the physical therapist people, and I know and and so Jeremy Bonison is. He's praying about. This. So I know who all the pastors are praying for, and I'm and we're keeping each other accountable to not just talk about evangelism and not just do it like formally in the church as a pastor, like. I'm not counting the person that got saved and is getting baptized, you know, because of the preaching. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being intentional about winning people to Christ that live around me, you know. Okay, so a few years ago, Amy and I, we get this I go thing is kicking up. And so Amy and I, am like, I'm convicted. I'm like, Amy, we got we to do this in our family. So she's I'm like, who should we, who should we really? And she's like, tells me about this person, which I gonna, I'm not going to say too much about because God's working. So we do what we do. We pray. And we talk about it, and we pray some more. And, you know, over dinner, sometimes we'll pray, oh God, remember so and so, we're praying for this person. And I, I will tell you that this is, ha- I don't, I, this is like, I'm a stupid. I mean, God does this in my life over and over again. I still, I've been saved over 30 some years, like 37 years or something like that. And I'm still like, man, God, I cannot believe you answer these prayers. It's awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just like, so, I come home from, from, well, I can't say too much. It's just cool. So we got a ministry going here right now that's, that's, it's a really cool outreach ministry. It's fun. By the way, you can still get in if you really want to. Um, and somebody that we were praying for two, three years ago that we kind of forgot about, honestly, we, we transitioned from that person, uh, to the neighbor and we've been focusing on our neighbor. And man, if God didn't say, I came home just a couple of weeks ago and said, Amy, you are not going to believe this. But somebody that God has reached through this ministry last year has signed somebody else up for something that we're doing. And I don't want to say too much. And it's, I think they're going to be there. Unbelievable. To me, just how God is answering those prayers. I'm just like, that is incredible. And uh, this is cool. Intentional gospel outreach. So who are you, who are you praying about? Right. And who are you trusting God to win? It makes me think, oh, man, I need to get serious about this. <laughs> so, you know, so now I'm praying for a couple of different people that we, you know, and it's just amazing what God does. It's just it's in his power. It's so cool. And so, you know, the people you work with, that guy or gal you like at work that is just a good person. I mean, pray for him. I know you might think, oh, well, they'll never get saved. You know too much about him. Oh, my witness, I've, I've blown my testimony. We'll quit that. Stop. You can control that. So change your attitude, change your behavior. You know, be a Christian. I hate when Christians aren't Christians at work. That just drove me crazy when I was a Fagan. Um, <clears throat> I had the best and the worst examples of that. And so, man, I, I uh, Herb Newton is a good friend of my father and the Lord, and a good friend of mine. He was a mentor. Man, I am so glad be a mentor at work for those young Christians. Because when I entered the construction, I remember going to a construction project management meeting, and I was just green as grass. I mean, I really felt out of place and awkward. And they had us doing these uh, um, like project management drills with the real – these are real foremen, real construction workers. I'm 23 or 4 years old, you know, and uh, maybe 20 – I was probably 23 at the time. And we're all sitting around getting cozy, and you know how construction guys are. And these are are kind of the cream of the crop guys, but they're talking about off-color things, and they're doing this and that. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know. And, you know, I'm serious about Jesus, and I'm not going to blow my testimony. And so <clears throat> I was conflicted. I was like, man, I don't know what to do. So when we got out in the car, and I'm watching Herb the whole time, because Herb's, you know, in the room, he's around. Whatever Herb did is what I did, <clears throat> because I didn't know what to do. And now Herb's the kind of guy, he'd roll out in front of the, after work, you know, the dudes are drinking beer in the shop and hanging out, cussing and carrying on here comes Herb. he comes popping down with his bible under his hand hey what's going on shaking hands talking to guys you know he's just there ain't no question where herb's standing and then guess what everybody nobody was it's weird how that worked nobody was telling off-color jokes to herb like they did other christians i don't know so anyway <clears throat> um i get out of that setting and i'm in the parking lot with herb and i'm like herb How do you handle all of this? How do you know what to say and what not to say and what to do? When they're like joking and doing all that stuff and you want to fit in but you don't want to compromise Jesus, you know. I mean, I don't know if you guys ever felt that tension at work, but I know I did. And I mean, he said one of the wisest things to me. He said, well, some of that stuff they say is just funny. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I'm so glad you said that because it is. (laughs) It just like relieved me. Some of it's just funny. And then some of it's inappropriate. And so you just got to discern the, the difference. And, man, just that little bit of wisdom, man, it helped me to know. You know, there's some of those things. I may not like the language, but that's the language. Uh, but it's not inappropriate. It's funny. And then there's this thing that isn't so funny because it's inappropriate, regardless of the language, if you know what I'm saying. And so when you start discerning those things, man, that was gold, having somebody at work who, who lived Jesus in front of me. What a good investment. I hope that was a good investment for her. It was really good for me. And, uh, and so, uh, man, if you got lost people at work, we should be investing in those people. If there's Christians at work, you should be investing in them. If you're needing help at work, man, be praying that God sends you a disciple or at work that can show you how to migrate and navigate through all of that stuff. And, uh, and so when we look back and we evaluate memories and events over the last year, uh, man, people are always more important than than anything else can you think of things that maybe you put above people you know that's always something you got to look at can you look back at 2023 and say you know what i have damaged relationships because i chose something over christ now there are times you do choose christ over people for whatever reason and even god will call you to that you know but man you shouldn't damage the testimony of christ and if you've done that, man, you gotta you gotta be careful. I remember back an example back when we built the church. It's long enough ago; it doesn't matter to anybody. But like there's an example, like when we you gotta have discernment. Sometimes you gotta have foresight. When we built the building, we selected the uh, contractor, who was not a contractor that I ever worked with. He was always our for H V A C for this up here. He was uh, he was the uh, he was our uh, well he they Metro Air was our uh, what do you call it. Competition, and the and the owner of the Bowden Construction, Dan Bowden, goes, "Why, why do you want Metro Air? You work for Fagan. You, you, do, you could do this yourself. You know, you could design it and they'd do it. And, and by the way, thank you for those that did help us. We did get some free stuff. But um, <clears throat> but the main system was designed and installed by Metro. And I said, well, because I don't want to ruin my relationships. I'd rather pay money for Metro to do it. And I knew that. that by the way." Metro Air is a great company. They are good quality. That's why they were our competition, because I work for a good company. And so so they were our you know, we were we it's like the Patriots and the Chiefs, you know. Well so uh and so I was like, well, used to be the Patriots, but not anymore. But anyhow, you that's another story. So so they, they my point was is like I would rather have relationships with my friends in the business than ruin a relationship over money. Because if I hired Fagan then I'm gonna not hire Design, or if I hire Design, I'm not going to hire Fagan, right, And I had, and, or, you know, Edwards McDowell or whoever, because I had friends at all those companies. And so it's like, let's just not hire Edwards McDowell, let's not hire Design, let's not hire Metro, or let's not hire uh, Fagan, let's not hire Design uh, and whoever else. Let's not try to get the, the best deal that, that we can get. Let's just get the fair deal, and let's keep all these relationships, and so that's there's things that you do. You make decisions and you put people ahead of everything else. Relationships are important. So I'd rather see a lost contractor take the profit on this job than risk a relationship that took a decade plus to build. You know, and so David understood King David understood the value and the nature of time. And in Psalm thirty nine, which is actually, I think, a Psalm of Moses. Um, I think I put the wrong name in there. Look at Psalm 39. Psalm 39. <clears throat> it is David. All right, I shouldn't second-guess myself. Um, Psalm 90, I believe, is Moses. Okay, that's what I'm thinking about. Psalm 39. Look, Just get there to Psalm 39 and look down here in verse 4. It says, Lord, make me to know mine end and measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and mine ages as nothing before thee. Verily, every man in his best state is altogether vanity. Selah. Which, when you see that word Selah, it's rest, right? It's a musical rest. It also is a picture of the millennium. But uh, so we see this passage, and, and David's like, man, my days. Let me know how frail I am. Let me think about my days. And so Moses, if you could flip over um, 41 chapters, no, 51 chapters. Go to Psalms chapter 90. Psalms 90 and verse 9. Moses Moses is writing here, and he says in verse 9 of of, uh, Psalms 90, Psalms 90 and verse 9, For all our days are passed away with thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. Uh, psalms 90 and verse 9 and isn't that true our lives are like a story we even we talk about our lives in the context of beginning and end and our story i want to hear your story that's a really cool thing to tell people today verse 10 these days uh, the the days of our years are three score years and 10 and if by reason of strength they be four score years yet is their strength labor and sorrow for it is soon cut off and we fly away we love to sing that song around here, don't we? All fly away. comes right out of the Bible. Verse 11. Who knoweth the power of thine anger, <clears throat> even, in, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. Oh, because he's serious. Teach us. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. He says, you know what? It's important to number your days. So you, if, if you number your days, you're wise. So I will tell you guys, I was shocked. I number, I number my days often. Uh, every, I have a pastors retreat every fall. We just had one, and and uh, I do seven year cycles, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're like clicking through these seven year cycles now. It's <laughs> just like click, 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 seven years at a time. And uh, man, 20 years has just flew by, and um, it's crazy. So I was talking about. And I, know, I mean, this is, it just can't, it's hard to believe how fast 20 years has clicked off. So teach us a number of days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. How many days do you have left if God gave you 70 years? Like when I first started contemplating that, I was in my 20s. And then I'm looking back on notes I made for pastor retreats, and I'm like, yeah, oh, I got 50% left. You know, it's 2007. I still got 50%. If Guess how many I got left now? Today, as of today, 25, if I live to be 70, I'm 25%. Man, I am three quarters done with the race. That's wild. Of course, I got plans up to 82 years old if the Lord tarries, but we'll see. So, um, so I, so, but if we just stick with God's, you know, three score and and 10, man, and we know from Ecclesiastes, it's like, oh, and and from Psalms 90, it's not all easy, is it, Bob? (laughs) Every year, like when I first started in ministry, I had this picture of old people like, oh, they're so sweet, and they're so kind, and they're so nice. Their life is so much easier. And then I got to be a pastor, and I realized their life is hard. Like I'm going meeting with elderly people, and they're lonely, and they've dealt with death and loss of children, and they got all these physical ailments, and I'm like, and yet they're so sweet. Well, not all not all elderly people are sweet, but... I had my, I've had my, like when we first started the church, God blessed us with this abundance of fun, loving, older, especially women. We had this whole crop of women, thanks to Ruth Reeves who brought them in. And, uh, Mrs. Kitty, and we called her Catherine Curtis. And, uh, I mean, we just had all these women, Ray Dean Reese. I mean, they're all fun-loving, and they all had all these, I mean, Miss Kitty was pretty healthy, but a lot of them, they had all these things in life they'd gone through, and they're widows, and all this, and yet they're just lovely, and wonderful, and kind, and funny. And I'm like, what is all that? Well, that's grace. Man, they they've learned to walk with God. And uh they love they they just I mean they know time is short and they're making the most of it. There's something about growing older that really helps you realize every day is important. You don't know what tomorrow shall bring, and it kind of helps you filter through a lot of the minutia that you used to worry about when you were young, because a lot of that you know is already in the rearview mirror. And so um so anyway, um, I have 17 years, 3 months, 14 days, if I calculate it right, if I die at 70. I mean 17 years. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's Elizabeth's age. That's just gonna be like that. And I'm, if the Lord tarries, I'm done. 17 years is fast. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to die. 70 you know, is the new 30. But, I mean, <laughs> you don't know. My dad died at 64. My grandma died of cancer at 54, my age. My grandfather on my mom's side died at 53 of a heart attack. So, you know, you don't really know, right? So teach us to number our days. So, I mean, three-quarters of my life is 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 over. It's very depressing. <laughs> so if you consider a day with the Lord as 1,000 years and a 1,000 years is one day, then you'll find that 70 years lifespan is equal to about an hour and 40 minutes if this was a stage. And 48 seconds of God's 1,000-year uh, day. And so... If you take a 1,000 years, you're on the stage in a pretty short amount of time. Uh, One hour, 40 minutes, and 48 seconds. That's pretty quick. Every second counts. So that, you'll spend a third of that sleeping away. So that's 7 minutes and 12 seconds left to accomplish your story. And then you take my seven minutes and twelve and twelve seconds, and I cut that down to a third, or no, a quarter, four, eight, twelve. So, man, it's getting small. I got less than two minutes left. So, my goal in life is simple: to faithfully reflect the image of Christ to my wife, my family, the world around me, until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's always been my goal. I got a plan that I do annually, where I sit down, and that's what I start with. And I prioritize, you would not be surprised. What do you think I prioritize? What's that? The the church? You'd be wrong. What's that? Family? Yes. And what's that? God first, that's right. So this is how I roll, guys. And you don't have to do what I do, but I just do this because I think this is biblical. So, God. Without God, you have nothing. Without me, you can do nothing, so God's my first priority, then my family, yep, <clears throat> um, my well I, no no no, no, let me back that up. I'm more specific than that. This might help some of you actually. God is my first priority, being a son of God. That is my number one priority. My second priority is my wife, and by the way, when I started these plans, I didn't have kids. I got plans. I could show you where I'm planning on having kids. I'm praying about it, having kids, fertility, all that stuff, and then adoption. I'm plan- praying and all that. So then, it's my children number three because why? Your kids are going to grow and go, right? So those are not number two. A lot of women get that upside down and backwards. Kids are number one. Kids are number one. Uh, no, kids are number three. God is number one. Husband's number two. Kids are number three you got to work that out young so you're not disappointed when, you're, you know, when they're 18 and they walk out the door and you're a whole mess. You're not ready for it. So, 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 not to hurt anyone's feelings here tonight, church and ministry, number four. Now, how many of you think that my actual week is consumed with, my time is consumed with number four way above those other ones, my available time? Amy and I were just talking about that this weekend Because I was thinking and reflecting About my life And I'm thinking you know what Man I have spent a lot of time with number four Thank you wife That's why she's not here tonight She's mad at me No I'm just kidding So uh, she's not feeling well I do have the greatest wife in the world though Uh, She trusts me with the mission of God Because she really believes that I really love God I think I think she does I hope she does And uh so she knows what I'm all in on doing what God wants me to do. But it costs it costs sometimes right wives and husbands. You know for your wife or your husband to follow God. So you want to do ministry by the way practically speaking where your wife or your husband can join you. And you want your kids to join you too but your kids are going to grow and go. So you definitely needs your wife and your, you want to do stuff as much as you can. You can't always do that but you got to do it together. So we grew up together in ministry, and then God had to separate us. We were so joined at the hip. And then when I started on the circuit, I was 24 years old. He, God just kind of started prying us. I, first of all, I switched jobs. We used to work together. And so I switched jobs, and that put a little separation. Then I started going on the circuit, so we had to buy a dog, you know. So I started preaching away on the weekends. And all of that was was uh, it was hard. I know for a lot of people, they're like, what? You guys have military lives and all that. It's like no big deal. But Amy and I were really dependent on each other, and not an unhealthy way. But that's how God, God glued us together in every sense of the word for ministry. And then He kind of just kind of helped separate us and put the Spirit in between to buffer that. And and so, and he, looking back now, I know what He was doing is just preparing us for ministry. Because ministry is demanding, right? And not just preachers. I mean, you can, you can anyone in ministry that does ministry, like Mitch. You think Mitch, Mitch and Jody? Aren't burning a lot of their personal life, you know, to do what they do, volunteer basis? Yeah, you better believe it. You think Bob Hall and, and Randy Foster. Well, I mean, yeah, Randy gets, quote, paid, but I mean, these guys doing Bible publishing on top of everything else? I mean, there's a lot. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. So if that's number four in your priority list, what do you got to do? You got to be intentional about number one, two, and three. One of the things you can do to be intentional is wake up every day and make that number one. Or take time. Like literally today, I'm not, just, I'm not saying this, it just came to my mind. It's, I didn't plan this. but So today I'm driving down the highway, I'm thinking about my wife. So instead of thinking about my wife, guess what I did? I prayed, I did do that, and then I called her. Which I don't do all the time. And I called her. She's like, hey, you're interrupting me, I'm busy. I'm like, great. So... Now, it's not always like that, but today it really was. She had some you know, first-of-the-year stuff. She was doing finance. So I did take a lot of time to say, hey, I just want you to know, I'm thinking about you right now, and I'll see you later. And so little things, like tonight, I'm like, hey, I'm not going to be home. I said, well, first, are you cooking me dinner? No, I'm not. Good, because I'm not going to be there. (laughs) She was like, it's just kind of funny because I already knew we were going to have leftovers, so I was just razzing her a little bit. And she knows I rarely make it home on Wednesday night for dinner if she does cook it, so it's, I got to give it up later. But at any rate, uh, it's the little things is what I'm saying. You got to prioritize, and so I don't have as much. I don't have eight hours to just hang out with Amy. You know, she would love that, uh, but she's got to go to work too, right? And Elle and Sam get less, but they're 17 and almost 20, so hey. So, uh, so you know, Amy's going to get more of my priority than even my kids at this point. But you got to plan things. So, well, when hey, we're gonna go on vacation. You want to come, right? You plan it. You invest. You take care of those relationships. Because at the end of the day, if I'm in a nursing some, home somewhere at 67, and I'm trying to make it to 70, and my body's breaking down. I love HBF, but you guys will be rolling. And I'll be, and I hope a deacon will show up. But I definitely want to see my kids and my wife. And if I have little grandbabies running around, of course, bring them by too. And so, you know what I'm saying? You got to really have wisdom on your relationships, because 70 years will go by just like that. And when you get to the other end, you want to you want to have known you've invested in those priority relationships as best as you can. Um, and 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 don't minimize what I'm saying. The church is huge. Uh, to a lot of us, this is our family. We're closer. My kids are. I hate to say this. I know my mom's probably watching, but and, my, my kids love our family, but I will say some of my relatives don't have as close a relationship and are not as meaningful as some of y'all in this room in my kids' lives. You are aunts and uncles. I mean, the church body means a lot to my kids. You'll find that out. You, you keep coming, and with, you bring your kids here, and they'll look up. And by the way, all of us that are here, you got to keep that in mind. That's why the Lord's Supper is important and keeping ourselves right. Because you start messing up around here and being a jackleg and screwing up the unity of the body, you know who pays for it? Little kids. They don't understand why mom and dad just pulled up and left, or all their buddies just left. You know what? Mom and dad, where where do all my friends go? Well, I'll tell you in about ten years when you're old enough to handle this. You know, you just don't. What do you tell them? You just like, well, they want to go to another church. You know, whatever. And so you just – so you guys really got to – those are important things, those priorities. That's why you got to keep a good, tight family unit so that your family can endure all those things. By the way, those are things if you want to be in ministry. Listen to what I'm saying. I don't mean just be in ministry. I mean lead in ministry and reproduce Jesus Christ and multiply mightily. These are things you got to have in order, and these are things you got to evaluate every year. All right, so I got to finish because I got no minutes left. So here's, let me run through this and I'll be done. So, um, so New Year's is a great time to assess how we are redeeming our time, Um, our sanctification. And I was going to read some verses there, but I don't have time. So here's some verses for you. If you're taking notes tonight, Uh, look up later on, look up Ephesians five, because our sanctification is the first critical component of a successful new year. Time with God, time in his word is our daily meditation all the day long, not just in the morning, but all the day long. Um, and as the noise gets louder outside, you need more peace on the inside. And in this coming year, in this election cycle, in the way the world's going, you need to hear what I just said. You've really got to make sure you've got peace on the inside because you're going to have less and less and more and more static on the outside. Um, and so have personal consecration into sanctification through the word of God it will be eternally productive in everything you touch. Um, actively sharing your faith is a second critical component. component Colossians 4, 1 through 6. You've got to know how to walk in wisdom toward those that are without. i got a friend who you'll be hearing about at Vision Conference. A pastor, he's going to go up to Portland. He's like, man, Brian, this is a, this is tough up in Portland. They're as evangelical for Satan up there as we are for Jesus. I'm like, mm, i got to figure out how to navigate all this, man. I mean, this guy... I'm impressed with him. I can't wait till you hear, hear him at the vision conference. So, man, we got to be ready to engage people with the word of God. we got to have an answer ready. We, gotta, we can't just be loafing. It is time to be ready with an answer. Okay, second major point, and I'm done. Uh, the New Year's a great time to, to, to start fresh. Man, if you need a fresh start, now is the time. Lamentations uh, 3 says this, "'This I recall to mind. therefore I have hope.'" It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. Amen and amen. God's mercies are new every morning. And sometimes we need a new start. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with taking the new year to just set a marker and say, you know what? It is a new calendar year. I am going to do some new stuff. Even though there's nothing new under the sun, I am going to change the way I behave so that I can get success because I'm not going to depend on anybody else other than the Lord Jesus Christ and him working through me. I don't, I'm not going to have excuses is what I'm saying. Remove all the excuses and do what you're supposed to do. If you're, if you're breathing, God still wants, you, wants to use you. That's also encouraging. Sometimes you come into – you look on, back on things and you're so bummed out. You're like, oh, God can't use me because I'm just a loser. Well, you know what your flesh is, but you aren't. You're redeemed. You're a son of God. You're a child of the king. And you can be confident in this very thing that he which hath begun a good work and you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So what you can do is forget those things that are behind and focus on the future. Man, I wish I could magically do that to people. Like if you're having marriage problems, I just, you just walk up, I put my hands on you like a charismatic pastor, and I say, oh, God, <laughs> help them forget those things that are behind. Help them to focus on things that have above and things that are before them. Brother, and I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know what? Leaving here and going to heaven is not the end. It is the beginning. And everything we do, every day that we have is an opportunity to redeem the time. You only have time right now. After that, it's eternity. And now is the time to cash in on the Word of God that's been given to you. So get in the Word of God, get your promises, and cash them in. Quit being so surprised that when you pray, God answers them like I am. <laughs> I'm like, man, expect God. You know what the missionary William Carey said, attempt great things for God. Uh, expect uh, no, ex- expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. I think it was Carey. Maybe an and I and I'm Jetson or Hudson. I can't remember Hudson Taylor. But it was one of those great missionaries. And, man, that's what we should be doing. So in conclusion, um, man, just... Make sure that that uh, you're doing what God wants you to do right now, because your time is limited you don't you don't know if you got another sixty minutes you might not even make it past twenty twenty four you really don't know, so really what we've got to do is give our lives holy not holy h o l y though that is also obviously what we're supposed to do holy sacrifice uh, but we're but holy w h o l l y holy to God right man for me guys that's in this age at the church that's it that is that's how you're gonna open the door and let him come in and sup It's just open up and let him have all and quit chasing stuff that is superfluous. And focus on things above, because the noise is going to get louder out here. But the peace of God has to be, and it's got to be right here in each and every one of us. So let's pray. Hope that was encouraging to you. I got more to say, but I'm done. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Uh, Lord, forgive me for going over. I just pray a blessing on this group, Lord. I, I know everyone here uh, probably has a profession of being born again. But if there's anyone that happens to be online or uh, or in the building or listening out in the foyer that is not born again, I pray today they would be, because today is the day of salvation. I pray today we would start the clock on their eternal life. And, Lord, I thank you so much for for saving us and giving us opportunity to redeem the time because the days are evil. And, Lord, that we are not. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Lord, we are born again. We are sons of God. Uh, Lord, we are light in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. So, Father, I pray that you would shine brightly through us. I pray that we would have wisdom to prioritize the relationship that we have with you, uh, with those in our lives that we're responsible for. Uh, and for those that, uh, Lord, that you have called us to minister to with and uh, to accomplish your mission and your power for your glory. We thank you for the opportunity to take mission trips. Pray, God, that we would do that this year, that we would disciple, uh, Lord, that we would accomplish your mission and your power for your glory. We thank you and we praise you and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.